Welcome to I Met Someone, the dating and relationship podcast telling real stories from everyday Australian women. I'm your host, Amber Lowther. I also host Fashion Avenue, which is a fashion and beauty podcast. But you see, I've always been interested in dating stories, relationship stories. And to be completely honest with you, my dating life is a complete shit show. So here I am to share all of my dating stories. But most importantly, I want to open up the floor to you. I want the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you have a story that you would like to share on I Met Someone, then you can contact the podcast hotline on 04229089090. Simply leave a text or a voicemail with your name and a brief overview of what your story is about. Otherwise, if you just have a dramatic text thread with an X that you want to share and you're happy for me to act it out, then send it right through. Now, let's jump in to a story on I Met Someone. Victoria, hello, how are you? Hi, gorgeous. I'm great. How are you? I'm very good. I am so excited for this. <laughs> Absolutely. So am I. So funny. I can't wait. I know. It's a little bit different to the last podcast we did together, which was Fashion Avenue, and it was all about your makeup brand and all things business. But this is a little bit of yeah. a different, a whole different lane entirely. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, we chatted all business last time, which was super fun and obviously very appropriate. But I feel like this is kind of real life podcast, Australian women talking about issues that a lot of our friends and people we know are facing in the dating world. So uh-huh. it's definitely going to be interesting. 100%. Now let's kick this off because first of all, we have a few paragraphs here. Some of your friends have commented on you on the dating scene and what it's like for you and kind of have <laughs> described you as a person. And I love this. So I'm going to read them out. So you have three okay. Friends here. So you have Anastasia, Mm -hmm. Joanna, and Claire. Yes. Okay, so let's let's jump into Anastasia's. So she said, the best way to describe Tori on the dating scene is like a formal living room in a Greek household that no one is allowed to touch or sit in. (laughs) And then she also said, she is perfect, beautiful, well-maintained, inviting, and makes you feel instantly at home when you look at her. But sorry, you ain't getting in. Oh my and god. She said only VIP guests are allowed and we're yet to find one. So first of all, how do you feel about that one? That's really funny. Anastasia and I are both Greek and just to put that into context, every Greek household has a formal good living room that no one can sit in. It's just for looking, not touching. And we joke living room a lot. So I think that's why she's referenced it. She's really funny and pretty much spot on with that one. I like it. Oh my God. That one has so much character in it. I absolutely love it. I was not expecting that. It's so that. good. <laughs> yes, very cute. So next we have Joanna. 
And she said, I think men are intimidated by Tori. She is so gorgeous and confident. They are most probably afraid of being rejected by her. She turns every head as soon as she walks into a room. However, those who are lucky enough to get to know her recognize instantly that there is so much more to her than her looks. She is intelligent, kind, motivated, and above all, a wonderful mother and a strong businesswoman. Oh, she's so gorgeous. I feel the same way about her, except she's not a mum yet, but she will be an amazing mum. But I'm not an active dater. I can go into that later, but maybe she's right with some of those things. I don't know. We all see ourselves differently to how others see us, I guess. Yeah, for sure. She needs to write like mm-hmm. your dating profile because that was amazing. I think so. That's pretty good. <laughs> that was like, <laughs> I'll take it. that was so good. I love how we have funny and we have like incredible like dating profile. Yeah. And then let's see what's next. We have Claire. So Mm -hmm. she said, Tori, where do I start? Men take cover because she's not only a boss lady in business, but also in life. And I love this line, especially, I won't be giving away all of Victoria's secrets. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> so good. But what I will say is whenever she is ready to date or commit her heart to someone, she may initially come across as tough, but she is actually a complete softie who will give everything to her friends and partner. She's an affectionate, loving person who we all adore. She goes out of her way for everyone. It is going to take a seriously special guy and some luck. Oh, that's so nice. That She's was best. lovely. Um, yeah, so lovely. I have the best friends. They're gorgeous, all of them. Oh my God. They're probably talking me up way too much here, but I'll, I'll pay them later. <laughs> <laughs> well, you have some pretty amazing friends there and they definitely like the theme I'm getting is that you are very strong and you seem that you could be intimidating to some men and that, you know, you have mm-hmm. a bit of a tough exterior, but I think once you get behind and break through the layers, you're a bit of a softie is what I'm kind of seeing yeah. from it. I'm a lover deep down for sure. Yeah. Like who doesn't love love? But yes, we obviously being in business and having a lot going on in life, you know, we do all have a somewhat tough exterior, I think. Mm, for sure. And can I ask, yeah. what's your current relationship status? Ooh, good question. I am 150% single. Okay. <laughs> and happy, 100% happy. So I, to be honest, anyone who really knows me knows that I am married to my work. That is my love and I'm so committed to it. It brings me so much joy. And I also have a really, really close-knit family and network of friends who I, I suppose I commit the rest of my time to. So my family is something I don't show a lot of on my social media. I find that's really sacred time to me. And on a personal level, I don't think it's something I really have ever wanted to share. So yeah. people only really see maybe the glamorous that sort of makeup side or hair or, you know, how I dress or the clothes that I wear. But really that's just a very small snippet into my life and what I actually do on a daily basis, which is work and, and family, of course. So that doesn't right now leave much room for dating. It's not like a priority for me. I'm so happy in my life. If somebody came along, like I'm definitely open and I'd love someone to compliment that, but it's just not something right now that I focus on, yeah. like at all really, to be honest, sure. which is probably why my friends bummed me up in that way. It's just, <laughs> yeah, I don't go out actively dating or looking for it or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's a good way to describe yeah. it. And it's good that you're like at least maybe open to the idea, but you're not chasing it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think you should always be open to every opportunity, business, life, relationships. You can't ever be shut off or close the door because an opportunity could come your way that could be so amazing. And if you are guarded or, or, or not open, you could miss 
something that's so incredible in life. So I, I don't believe in that in any way. But yeah, it's just not, not, not something that I'm making like a huge priority or going out looking for, for sure. Yeah, good answer. I like that. A strong yeah. woman, we <laughs> like it. Okay, and so we actually had a bunch of people send in questions, which is fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. it's going to be really fun to kind of like break these apart and get into it and just give our opinions, I guess. And yeah, yeah I think it's it's kind of a different side to you from what we see on your Instagram. So I'm really excited to get to know you a little bit better this way as well. Oh, how fun. I know. Okay. So let's talk about the approach to dating today. So obviously it's, you know, you can do the old fashioned way of meeting in person. Obviously COVID definitely slowed that down last year and there's apps or there's like Instagram. So any idea of what works or what has worked for you in the past? Like I said before, I'm not exactly active. However, I do have a lot of friends that are, most of my friends actually, are single, they are in the dating scene. And I think one thing that I have witnessed is that you shouldn't really limit yourself to one form of dating, whether that be online, an app, Instagram, or going out. I think you really have to cast your net far and wide. And mm-hmm. the mistake I see a lot of people make is they sort of stay within their friendship bubble and they limit themselves to the people that they know or the places that they frequent and, you know, where they go every weekend. And that often means you just see the same people over and over again. So you're limiting your dating options essentially. So my theory would be that networking and making new friends and meeting new people through work and through going out or, you know, meeting your friends' friends, it can widen that net. And often you just don't know who your friends know. So it may lead you to somebody completely different that that might be in, in a similar circle to you, but just not someone known to you. So I think that you just should really have uh, many options when it comes to dating and try things. You know, it, it might be that online is not for you, but you've given it a go. I mean, for me, I'm more of a social person, so I like to sort of feel for someone in person, you know, their personality, their laugh, their humor, their vibe, banter. Attraction comes in so many forms. Mm-hmm. So I think that you can't, you know, looking at a picture is so one-dimensional, it's not going to give you, or you could see someone and think, oh, they're so attractive. And of course, you meet them in person and there's so many elements that can just fade in an instant sometimes. Yeah. So I think you have to really be open and open to meeting new people doing different things, different activities that can introduce you to different groups of people because you just don't know where your person is. For sure. And I think it's so interesting what you said about you know, going from being in person to an app or vice versa, because I have met guys in person and I think to myself, yeah. I think you're amazing, but I wouldn't swipe yes to you on an app, which is really funny. Correct. So yeah, yes. I'm, I'm fully with you on that. Apps are mm-hmm. great and it's really been an amazing tool, but also there's nothing really like meeting someone in person, I'd say. Yeah, it's the best. It's obviously so nice to connect with someone and, you know, eye contact is is so important. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time, believe it or not, tone of voice is really important. Yeah. I think that uh, a lot of people underestimate that. You can be really attracted to someone's tone. It's often not what they say. Sometimes it's just the way they're saying it. So it's so many elements that come together with attraction. I think that that's why... Even if you are doing the online dating thing, you know, you should maybe give people a go that, like you said, may not be, you know, 100% your physical, like the profile you would look at physically, but they may in person become so attractive. So you should really give 
everyone a chance, but it's very hard on the apps. I find they make me nervous. I'm not sure it's there for me at all. (laughs) Although so many people like have wonderful relationships out of them. So you just don't know. Totally. I know. Like I've met some great guys on apps and, you know, not all of them have worked out, but, you know, some that I'm still friends with or, you know, it's been really lovely. So, you know, don't totally cross out an app because of its reputation or what you might hear from other people. Because I think like in a way there's always going to be a bad seed no matter if it's like out and about or on an app. So Mm -hmm. just keep your wits. True, very true. Yeah. Yeah, very good advice. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Now let's go into a few kind of like dating slang words, I would say. So we have all these new words popping up all the time and it's like, what on earth do they mean? So (laughs) I'm going to go one by one. So someone has asked about these three particular words and what does it all mean and how should we interpret this behavior? So the first one is ghosting. I'm very... Mm -hmm. We all know ghosting. Oh, we do, we do. (laughs) It's just a disappearing act, basically. They're there one minute, they're gone the next. Yep. This can happen at any point in the relationship, early on, after the first date. Sometimes, unfortunately, it happens after six months, a year, which is so harsh and cruel, mm-hmm. obviously. But ghosting is just, yeah, falling off the face of the planet. You never hear from them again. Yeah. And then we have haunting. Now, what is haunting? Haunting is a new one I heard recently. So haunting is when they have disappeared, but they come back to haunt you in the form of likes on your Instagram page, little Fire signs to your stories or watching your stories in a sneaky way, basically being a bit of a stalker Mm -hmm. in the background, but they're still haunting you. So a lot of people hold on to this. Like, what does it mean you look to my story? Or what does it mean you like my post? I think it means they all mean the same thing. They're not interested. Like, they're just sort of, their ego might be wanting to keep you on ice or just wanting you to know that they're still there. If somebody likes you, their intentions are very clear. Mm -hmm. So I don't think we should be holding on to things like haunting and the smallest like crumbs that someone might give you. I think most women deserve far more than this. 100%. And there's also um, another word, zombie. So this sounds terrifying. <laughs> it's a bit scary. Zombie is someone that comes back from the dead. So oh they they ghosted you, they disappeared maybe a year later. They kind of think, mm, you know, might put in a call to this person. And yeah, they're coming back for a second time around. Not always, I, we shouldn't say this is always a bad thing because maybe timing wasn't right initially. This person has, you know, rethought the whole thing and come back with good intention. Yeah. But if they're coming back and it's the same behavior over and over again and you're seeing patterns and red flags and they don't seem like they've changed, then you're probably better off letting this person go. But I mean, whether it's ghosting, haunting or zombie, zombieing, whatever you want to call it, me personally, I think they all just equal that they're not that into you. And yeah. my my take on it is the sooner they can ghost you as the better, it's often you've dodged a bullet. So if they can, I never, ever, like any of my friends that this has happened to, my advice is always like, face the universe, excellent, get rid of them. You don't want somebody in your life that is giving you drips and drabs. Like you want someone that is 100% into you and showing you that in every way. So I know it is hurtful and you feel like it's you and your confidence, but it's that person projecting whatever issues they may have onto you. It's never, ever, ever your fault. 100%. And like I have, I know I've personally been there in the past where I'm like, oh, no, he's come back. He likes me. But really, Mm -hmm. should have let him go 
as soon as he ghosted yep. the first time. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly, what does that say about their character? You know, mm-hmm. like it's, it's, I can't. I mean, I I do. I'm always mindful that people might be going through something though. So yeah. you know, it's not to give them any excuses or to to you know condone the behaviour because everyone deserves an explanation. But there can be a time where it may be interpreted the wrong way, but usually somebody should really pay the respect to say, you know, I'm not ready right now. I think you're great, but it's not going to work out. So if they had sort of any kind of morals or values about them, they probably would come forth and be honest with you. So ghosting, yes, I think it does tell you most of what you need to know about the guy. Totally. Absolutely. Good answer. And so (laughs) next we have lust or love, how to know the difference. Yes. This is a good question. Lust or love, I think it comes down to chemistry. And I have a, I have a bit of a theory on this. I could be wrong and I'd love your opinion. But chemistry, I think, is like really amazing chemistry is quite rare. Mm-hmm. So I was told recently that if, if that comes along, it is such a natural pull from the universe that you shouldn't deny it. Like it's something that you should explore and experience if it's that strong and it's something you can't put your finger on and explain it's such a beautiful thing in life like something that you really should it makes you feel super alive so you should succumb to that if it's great chemistry wonderful however I think males and females do this so when they, when we have really good chemistry with someone I think we put them into two categories one is like the guy that you have great chemistry with and you might find them physically attractive and all the rest of it and then there's the other category of guys that you think that you should date, like they're more appropriate boyfriends. Yeah. And often we think we can't have both. So I think that my message is in the past, like in my team where you have this crazy puppy love and, yeah. you know, you, you're vulnerable and all the rest of it. I think that I've experienced that twice in my life. Okay. That, that really like, like that X factor chemistry where you don't, you can't explain it even if you tried. And I probably as a young girl, didn't take that person as seriously. I just thought it was like, you know, just physical attraction. And I think that's the the wrong thing to do. I think you should try to put the chemistry aside at some point and actually look at the person. They could be so appropriate for you and you could be so compatible on so many levels if you just ignore that chemistry for a minute because that could turn into something really amazing. Whereas on the flip side, you could only focus on the chemistry and start a relationship that is, you know, obviously you're not compatible at all. So yeah, sure. don't let the chemistry blind you because it can go either way. You can miss out on a really good person or you can probably get into a relationship that's not appropriate because you only focused on the chemistry. Yeah. But it is an amazing thing to experience. I don't think that you should deny very good chemistry. You should just explore it a little more because it can cloud your judgment. For sure. And I guess it's one of those things that could either be like a surface level thing or a bit of a deeper yeah. kind of connection. So it's good to kind of figure yeah. out which one is the, the one that they're giving off or what you know connection you have. Yeah, because chemistry can translate into like really good banter and, mm. and humor and that that builds chemistry and then you you know, you obviously have this completely different connection on a deeper level with the person or it can just like you said be physical. So I think you just need to delve a little deeper because it is so, so rare in life to feel that. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but it is for me. So yeah, I, for I think sure. that it's something that Yeah, like sure we have we have chemistry on different levels, but when it's something that's quite strong and it's like it draws you in kind of chemistry like something you can't deny I think that that should never ever be left 
like unfinished. Like you should explore that in some way. It could be like a call from the universe that it's, you know, it's two people that have something quite unique. Of course, like I said, it can just be physical, but you just don't know. Yeah, absolutely. It's always good to keep yourself open regardless, I think. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. And Mm -hmm. okay, so here's another question. How do you know if he wants a relationship or is just a fuck boy? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I have heard that word. So many times in oh. the last six months, it is such a like on trend <laughs> word. I know. Um, oh my god, maybe because it's so relevant. I don't. I don't know. But okay. So my idea when it comes to this is that you just need to read the signs loud and clear. Mm-hmm. If you are getting last minute calls, flaky plans, inconsistent behavior, you know you're initiating the messages and the contacts they're probably not interested in anything more than just that. Like, yeah. you know, if it feels wrong, it is wrong. Like, that's 100%. my theory. If you are, yeah, if you're getting that vibe that it's wrong and it's, like it's an effort and that person is not coming to you and making you feel amazing, you know, brightening up your day with like a, a, like a text or a sample of contact, if you're pushing something that doesn't feel natural, there is no relationship on the cards. Like, I think men make it very well, so simple like black and white they either want you for a relationship or they don't I think men actually yeah they pretty much make their intentions very clear often we confuse their behavior in our own minds and I have a lot of people that I know that like they might fantasize a relationship that's actually not even happening I know oh my god yeah like it's it's a big, it's a thing, you know, you, you kind of like, am I in a relationship? Like you're not, like full stop. Like it's, unless it is, it's just not. So you should treat it with the level of investment that they're giving you. If they're not investing in you, if they're not making their intentions clear, then you shouldn't be investing everything either. It's, you know, it's, it's difficult to do, but the signs are all there. It's just that we choose to ignore them. I know. We always have like our rose-coloured sunglasses on, don't we? Always. Like, <laughs> always. <laughs> yeah, always like with like, oh the love story. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's true. But yeah. really, if you just break it down and you put it on paper or you whatever makes it clear for you how he's approaching the situation, you're going to be able to distinguish between someone that is wanting a relationship and someone that is absolutely not. Yeah. And I also found like back in the day and also if I just have mutual friends with a guy and, you know, you see him commenting flirty comments on other women's photos, it's like, okay, what are you doing here? Like, you know, that's been an indicator for me in the past where I thought, oh my God, we're talking every day. This is great. And then, you know, right in front of me, I see that he's, you know, commenting on this girl and I'm like, God, how many women is he talking to? (laughs) That is actually such a good point. I don't engage in a lot of this on Instagram, but a lot of my friends tell me Instagram is the new dating app. 100%. So, yeah, like I hear that it's like the way that you like, obviously everyone knows about sliding into DMs and like the yeah. fire sign here and there, whatever, flame this and flame. I mean, it's not the way I use Instagram, so this is all new to me. However, I have had friends that have been actually deeply hurt by the fact that a guy is, commenting, following, liking other people's posts. I mean, it's almost like flirting with another girl in front of your face. Like it's a new way of doing it. And it's, yeah, it's like I can see how that would be so hurtful when you think that you're onto a good thing or that you've got a certain vibe with this person and then maybe they're sharing the same kind of behavior with others. Yeah, it makes you feel like you're radar is completely off totally and it's like well yeah 
what am I feeling? And then why isn't he feeling the same? Like, why does he need all these other women? It's just ridiculous. And that's what Mm -hmm. is bad about social media. It's that, you know, they have everyone to choose from. Yes, there's so many. We were just saying this before the podcast, weren't we, that the options today, I mean, there are so many options. There are so many avenues, you know, like apps and going Mm. out on Instagram and DMs. And it's just unlimited. And it also stretches far and wide. I mean, you can be talking to someone in like overseas or you can be talking to someone local or interstate. So there's no limitation on who people can meet, which makes it, I think the ghosting and all of this comes back into it because there are so many options. And when sometimes when someone's done, they're done, you know, they're they're onto something new, they kind of forget onto the next. So it can be quite harsh, which all comes back to, I think, being a super strong person because it's never a reflection on you. I mean, you need to, yeah, you really need to kind of like, be happy within yourself and if this happens and it's likely to obviously that's the nature of the game right now it shouldn't shake you I mean you should be strong enough to sort of say well you know what like obviously that's a good thing that person's not for me you know next yeah absolutely I'm so with you on that Mm -hmm. I've definitely learned Mm -hmm. that you just got to be like okay next and this kind of goes into the next question which is about being single is okay you know it's not the end of the world and like how do we own that how do we own being single and being you know independent well that is a good question because I think confidence is absolutely number one like if you're confident and you're unapologetically yourself you know, you don't change yourself because of an experience or what a guy has told you or, you know, what he's pointed out a flaw in you or something like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, none of that should affect you. You need to be yourself. And if somebody, you know, make your life interesting and exciting outside of dating. Because yeah. that, yeah, like really dating, like I said earlier, should a guy or, or date should complement your life, not make or break it. Like mm-hmm. if you're living your best life, outside of dating, somebody should come into that world and, you know, should make it better and add value to it as opposed to you have nothing and dating is the only joy that you get out of life or or a guy or a relationship. You know, don't forget that often a lot of relationships aren't what they seem. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes we think the grass is greener on the other side that, oh, you know, all the people in relationships with this amazingly happy life that I aspire to. And yes, the goal and the dream is to be in a wonderful relationship, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't come with its own level of anxiety, new stresses, you know, compromise because you are, you know, making allowances for another person in your life. So it's not always the be all and end all. Like being single is comes with a lot of freedom, you know, of choice and to do what you like and to fill your life with things that make you happy. So it's not that it's any better. That's why if it comes along great and it should enhance your life. I don't see it as something that's necessarily going to like complete it or Mm. make it so much better. I think being single is you are often single for a brief period in life. If you're someone that's been in relationships, enjoy that. It is amazing. Like, yeah, like just whatever you can do, whatever you want to do. Like there's a lot of people in relationships that would have like envy. So like I said, yeah, it's not always greener on the other side. But, and also in saying that, if you are happy single, you will not accept a bad relationship again because you know what it's like to be happy on your own. Mm -hmm. And if somebody, you know, if you are in a toxic relationship after that, or you'll see the signs so much clearer because your life will not feel the way it did when you were single, which is happy and free. So I think that if you work on a great single life or a single version of yourself, you will make the right decisions in relationships moving forward because you should really be still yourself in the next relationship just with somebody in your life that only adds to that, does not 
take away or suffocate your personality. Totally. And I think it's that thing where it's like fall in love with yourself first, you know, Mm, love yourself first and really put yourself first. Like, you know, you are the priority and, you know, it can be, you know, it's okay to be selfish and, you know, when you're single and do things Mm -hmm. for yourself and set up your life or whatever it is that you want to do. So I fully agree with that. And you just got to be okay with being single and it's not bad at all. As a single girl myself, a deeply Mm -hmm. single girl myself, it's been amazing. You know, I can do whatever totally. I want. I can work my ass off and, you know, then I can yep. watch like whatever I want on Netflix for hours on end. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> it's such a good thing. And like, you know, it's, it's a great time to network in your life and yeah. to meet so many different people and, you know, do things you wouldn't normally do as a couple and like embrace it. Like I said, it can often be so brief. In, in life and we spend so much time with partners and like I said compromising and what have you but it's, it's a time for you and the more confident you are the more you own it the more attractive you often are to the opposite sex because you're not needy and like desperate and um, I can see our next question now mm. that's probably a good segue yeah <laughs> so can, can <laughs> men we can smell, lead into this yeah can men smell desperation and do they run oh yeah god I think they smell it a mile away I think <laughs> it's like it's like that movie How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days Oh my like God, there is yes. certain, <laughs> we all love that. Certain behaviors that they just, yeah, like I think a guy sees a little sign and they run, like they're out of there. It triggers them. They've probably had someone that's done, you know, had similar kind of behavior in the past. And men do not like complication, I think. Mm. I think they like to just, they also love to enjoy life. You know, they've often got great groups of mates and friends and they want the same thing we do. They want a girl that compliments that, that can potentially be one of the boys, hang out you know, have great banter. The minute that they feel that somebody is needy or needy of their time or it's probably initially a turn off. Obviously, if you are in a relationship, there is nothing wrong with wanting to be with your partner and spend a lot of time with them. I think that's a great sign, 100%. But initially, in the initial stages, like I always say to my friends, if they've met a guy and they've only known him for, you know, let's say two months and they're like, I can't without him. I want to be with him all the time. I often think like you didn't, we didn't know him two months ago. You were yeah. just fine. Like you lived life really like well two months ago. So therefore you can actually live without him. <laughs> so there's no need to be needy. Just, you know, chill, like practice patience such a good thing in business, relationships, in life in general, because whatever is meant for you will not pass you by that is my I live by those words like if something is meant to come your way it's coming your way like a steam train and often you cannot even stop it like if it's meant to be for you it's like making like it's yours so I think if you have to push it and you want to force it and it feels like you're trying to hurry it along or it's just not meant for you right now like just sit back let it come obviously there are times when we have to push our foot on the accelerator and make things happen too. Like I don't believe you're going to meet someone sitting at home on your couch. Yeah, you know, obviously sure. you have to still, yeah, you've got to be active and out there. And, and if somebody, you know, if you do like someone, yes, make it known, sure. But in terms of being needy and desperate for it, absolutely the wrong approach, like could not, yeah, like there's just no way that you should approach dating that way. Yeah. And then if they kind of accept that and think that that's a good thing, then maybe they're a bit of a red flag too. <laughs> uh, yeah. If they like it, you, you may have some problems between yeah, you. Yeah. Or maybe you're very well suited. Yeah. You're the one. 
<laughs> and you know, so, they're all weird. hundred percent. Oh my God, you never know these days. <laughs> and the next one we have is how to handle constant dating disappointment. And I feel like I'm the poster girl mm-hmm. for this, but um, <laughs> it's just like one of those things. Yeah. How, how would you yeah. handle, I guess, constant dating disappointment? I mean, if I got into dating and it was just constantly failing or meeting the wrong people, I just bring it back to one thing, which is timing. Like, if you believe in that, nothing should be a disappointment, really. I mean, I see so many people, they feel let down for meeting the wrong person, going on constant first dates, they don't work out, they don't feel the vibe. There's actually just no such thing as a failed anything. Like, everything Mm -hmm. is an experience. It's building your knowledge. You're stronger, obviously, as a person. And you're just going to take all of this into the right relationship. So nothing, like, I just don't think you can be disappointed by not being aligned with someone. If anything, that's such a good thing to establish. Like, you think, okay, they're a great guy. Nothing wrong with me, you know, as far as I or no um, so we're just unwind and that's a good thing you do not want to enter a relationship with someone you're not aligned with that is so bad like it's, mm. it's not something we should push or aspire to it's such a good thing I mean moving on for me just means that something exciting is waiting around the corner like I've always yeah. always lived my life like that especially in business I have always, always thought, like, let's say a door closes in business or something, an opportunity doesn't come off. My first reaction, and this is true, I've trained my brain, is to think, okay, great, that's done. I cannot wait for the next opportunity around the corner. Like, what is it going to be? I'm so excited to know because that's done now. So, therefore, something else always comes up. And I think I feel it's going to be even better. I get excited. Like I love the thought of new opportunities. So if if dating disappointment is the way you're viewing, you know, a bad first date or failed relationships or whatever, just flip the switch. Like I think, okay, what's next? Who's next? It could be the best relationship of my life or the best chemistry or the best like, you know, flirtatious like night out or I don't know what it is that you know might bring you some joy but just look forward to it so I I always look forward I don't look in the review mirror ever if something is dead and buried it's gone it's behind you move forward yeah for sure I think with Mm -hmm. I guess dating disappointment I think it's also important to know that you know you're also learning and some of these things can be a really great learning curve and you can learn so much about yourself and also you can really hone in on what you want in someone and you're like he never wanted to hang out or do anything why would I want someone like that oh he was texting other women behind my back why would I want someone like that you know so things like that it's a great learning curve and also I just think like I have this rule that what I would do if you know something didn't go right with a guy or whatever I would give my myself a maximum of like two weeks to kind of feel a bit shit get all the emotions Ooh. out just like you know have a bit of an off day or you know yeah. just watch Netflix hang out with the girls and make myself busy I'll give myself a maximum of two weeks and then after two weeks so snap good. out of it completely snap mm-hmm. out of oh it my gosh. and I'm fine <laughs> love that that's so true yes you do need time sometimes like it's okay we're all human like it's fine to experience emotions and what is life without them obviously they make you feel so good so bad like it's just it's living and someone once said to me I remember a guy that was a single guy that I had met and was on the dating scene and I sort of said to him, you know what it is what is it that you're looking for he's like I want all the emotions like I want to feel them all like I want to feel anger I want to feel hurt I want to feel oh. love passion you know and I thought that he I sort of looked at him and like oh you want all the bad stuff too he's like but 
that just like makes it deeper and more intense and it's living, it's living. And I love that. I love the thought of that because we all fear the negative. Mm. But in any relationship, you're going to experience all of these emotions. It's the way that you interpret it, interpret them, deal with them and the way that you as a couple deal with them. But he was trying to say to me that even I mean, he, he's a very creative person and very in touch with his side of himself, but it's interesting to listen to different people because that is, a way to activate different parts of you. And often if you say lay dormant or you don't feel those emotions or you put them away, it can be such a dull life. Like, you know, you yeah. really do need to feel. And often like through pain or heartbreak or like you can be so creative through it, like whether it's in work or you can channel it in so many ways. I mean, the best artists have written the most amazing songs and poets yeah. and whatever it is through this. And I mean, I'm, I'm Greek and Greek music is all pain like it's all heartbreak and it's, mm-hmm. you, when you listen to this music it's like it does something to you like you can feel and, and feel this person's pain and that's often music like that's why we love listening to it. it it makes us like feel alive and and all of these incredible emotions come flooding in or memories or moments yeah and that's like you know it's that's living that's when you feel the best right when you put your music on and totally. because it's triggering something so it's okay to feel this stuff like channel it enjoy even if it's up or down I think that's something that's resonated with me now what that person said to me all of the emotions are good but recognize the toxic ones and get out yeah if you're tolerating that that's not good if I agree with you allow yourself time to heal and feel all of this but there is a point where there is no no more time to waste life is far too precious to spend not moving on to the next Yeah. And this kind of leads into the next question that we have. Someone Mm -hmm. asked and said, I was seeing a guy who I was dating for six months. It became serious. Mm -hmm. I met his family. And then randomly, he told me that it was over. He didn't want to see me anymore. I was severely heartbroken and confused. How do I get over this? Well, I have answered this in the way that you just said is that we're all mm-hmm. um, we're all human. So you can allow it's okay to have time to heal, like to feel to go through all the hurt and the heartbreak and the tears potentially and, and all the rest of it. However, you do need to come to a point where you realize it's it's a chapter, it's it was interesting, it may have been incredible on so many levels, but it's closed. You know, you've mm-hmm. got to turn the page. And you can't, my best advice is that you can't or shouldn't let it tarnish the next relationship because the next person won't be the same. Your relationship won't be the same. So you may have experienced all of this hurt and disappointment. That person, try to step into their shoes if you can. Maybe the the timing was wrong for them, but had something going on. It's never you. I just don't think people should take these things personally. I think that they should be mindful of the fact that there are two people in the relationship. You cannot, you can only control what you can control. That person's emotions sometimes are just out of our control and their circumstances. So don't let it be a reflection of you and your worth and your value I think it's more so that the timing was just off and you just trust it and and, you know if you can move on the sooner the better yeah for sure and you know give yourself time to heal time heals all wounds just like absolutely that's all you can do and just focus on yourself yeah that's it yes just fill your life with good people that add value whether it's family and friends and just try to do all the things that you know bring you like I said before whether it's music whether it's you know, watching a certain show, you know, it could be anything. Whatever triggers that happiness within you, do more of that. Totally. And another question, if a guy doesn't Mm -hmm. text back, what should I do? Oh, my gosh. 
kick a sandpaper. Move on. If he wants to text you, he's going to text you. Totally. There's no question mark. There's yep. no, you know, like wondering why. He's looked at his phone. He's not that interested. He's put it down. He's forgotten. You're not a priority. Like mm-hmm. he could, it's basically like sending the message back. I'm not into you. Just take it like that. Exactly. And I read I read this book a few years ago. It was one by Zoe Foster Blake and it was called Textbook Romance. Me too. Mm -hmm. And there's this thing that always sticks in my mind and I'll never forget it. And it basically says in there, it takes twenty six seconds to send a text message. So it's like, you know, if they can't give you those seconds, honey, move on. (laughs) Yes, exactly. so easy. There is no excuse for not texting back. Yes, sometimes you get carried away and forget, but they, if they're not coming back and saying, I'm sorry, I was busy, la la la. If you're just getting ghosted or left on red or whatever the mm. terminology is now, it's just a clear message. Like, just keep going. Like, don't check your phone every two seconds. Don't, like, like, there are so many more productive things you can be doing. Your energy can be put into so many good things as opposed to waiting for a text. I mean, yeah. I think we are better than that. Totally. Yeah. And you know what? If you're mm-hmm. really feeling like shit, just like text someone else <laughs> text another yeah, guy exa- yeah exactly pick it up <laughs> elsewhere <laughs> for sure not a bad thing not keep, a bad thing keep the options open girl it's fine <laughs> <laughs> totally totally agree yeah okay and so the next question okay we're just going to talk about some red flags here so mm-hmm. this person said i've seen some red flags early on while dating someone new i usually ignore these but i know i shouldn't what are some major red flags and how do you deal with them God, I mean, red flags can come in so many forms, but mm-hmm. I think the main ones for me are inconsistent behavior, they're on and off, hot and cold, false promises, you know, they're not coming through with their actions and they're just full of words. Like yeah. they're just, there's no follow through. I mean, that, they're the biggest ones for me. Listen to your gut is best. I mean, it's all there for your intuition to interpret. Listen to what you are hearing in your head. If the whispers are there, let them be heard. Often we silence them. And let me tell you, if you get into a relationship where you could hear them all at the start, by the end, they're going to be the megaphone in your ear. Like Mm -hmm. they don't go away, they get worse. So if you're feeling red flags, if you're seeing them, do not make an excuse for a guy. Look at him for who he is. Often people are exactly who they tell us they are. We just choose to put them in a different light. So if that person is showing you their cards, they're being flaky, they're being rude, they're being arrogant, or they're not giving you their time, that's who they are. Like, you know, you just got to loud and clear, face the music and move on. Totally. And I feel like Ooh. some red flags, you know, can be, you know, things like if they're, you know, a bit violent or, you know, if they could, you know, get on oh, drugs yes. and get violent or if, you know, they ask you for yep. money all the time and they have no drive, oh, God. you know, yes. just really make sure that you're standing your own because, you know, there are some people out there who just you know, unfortunately like that and they're going down the wrong path and and they want to use people. So just be really careful with like the type of people and also look at their friends and who they surround themselves with as well. So true. Absolutely. That should tell you everything you need to know. And really you don't want to be getting into or involved in groups of people that are really not the type of people that you share the same values with. Mm. Clearly that's a big one too. So yes, totally agree with that. Yes, amazing. And Mm -hmm. another question. We have so many today. It's great. (laughs) So is the intensity of young love possible in your 30s and 40s and beyond? Or is that love so intense because we are so innocent at that age? Oh, I love this question. This is probably my favorite because I'm going to refer to a show that I watched in lockdown. Amazing. That, yeah. Okay. So I 
also watched Normal People in lockdown. I don't know if you watched that. No, it was on Span. No, I haven't seen it. Okay. It is one of the best shows I've watched. It's intense. It can trigger you. If you've gone through heartbreak, probably don't watch it right now. <laughs> but it's, um, it, it gets a little intense and a little bit dark. But basically about young love and two people that met in high school that had this insane chemistry and connection could not explained they were drawn to each other like a moth to a flame like these two just and really it actually came through on screen and I will tell you now that I am as a person I'm not I'm not a crier like I don't really cry mm-hmm. I'm, I'm emotional for sure but I'm not I don't cry yeah. so I watched this with my mum and we were on the couch and we watched like six episodes in a row it was like a big gift from the start and yeah. I had like a Qantas pajama on because it's night time and wearing a Qantas top. And yep. my mum was sitting next to me for like six hours and we got up and she looked, she goes, oh my God, that was so amazing. I can't wait to watch the rest. And she looked at me and my entire top was soaked because I had cried so much. Oh she hadn't even God. heard for like six hours. And she's like, what's wrong with you? And I said, oh my God, that just really triggered me because it was, it, I suppose there was like, it was like a bittersweet thing. So mm-hmm. what, I'll come, bring it back to the question. So young love is so innocent and so intense because we're not tarnished. Like we, we go in with like zero expectation. We just look at this person and we fall in love and there are no boundaries to our love. Like we just think this is like I've never felt anything like this. I love this person or I feel chemistry with this person. And unfortunately, you know, we go through life, we go through heartbreak and you do somewhat have a wall up, you know, the, the older you get, I think. And you protect that and you're not vulnerable and you don't maybe allow yourself to feel this incredible young love, which is why we refer to it as young love. So, you know, that show takes you through a journey of this couple and they meet throughout life in different phases of their life when they're in relationships, you know, when they're in college, like they're not always single at the same time. But no matter where they are and what room they're in, their attraction, their chemistry, like they cannot just so aware of each other and protective of each other, like they'll always be drawn to one another. And it just, Aww. it just was like to me, it was, it was amazing to watch because you know it is possible. And I think if we just let our guard down a little bit and press reset on our heart and our emotions and forget and delete the past, yeah. I do think you can feel that. And I think you can. The reason it triggered me is because I thought, you know, it's it's something we take for granted in our teens. Like it's such a beautiful feeling. You never forget your first love for a reason. Yeah. Or, you know, because it, it's just, it's such an impactful feeling and it can often shape our relationships in future. So, I mean, I think you can have this in your 30s, 40s, beyond. But it is up to you. Like if you want to activate that part of you and let all your boundaries down, and even if it hurts like hell and it doesn't work out, it's living at its best. So I think that, you know, it can be, yeah, just let it intoxicate you. Like let it be a feeling that overwhelms you. If it if it hurts like hell at the end, if it doesn't work out, not meant to be, it's something worth experiencing, I think. But it's, it's very much in your hands. And it just, that show proved to me that, you know, if you are, if you do have that approach where you're just young, carefree in your mind about it, you're not worried about, am I texting too often? Am I saying the right thing? Just be unapologetically you. If they don't like it, if you're not, you're just not vibrating on the same level, that's okay. Like they're yeah, not your person. For sure. They should be loving your contact. Oh yeah. Oh my God. I really yeah. want to watch that show now. You've really oh, sold it. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing. Like it's so good. It's, it's truly like it's raw and and heavy but it's like it's just 
so incredible to watch two people who are just being themselves and they are just experiencing this feeling to, it's like, like, Instagram. like they're not putting a cap on it. And I think that's the mistake a lot of us make. We put a cap on it. I don't want him to know how to, I don't want him to. Yeah. Like I said, if you're having a vibe with someone, contact and like it should be reciprocated and enjoyed and welcomed. If it's not, you know, that's not a vibe. Like, yeah. you know, if someone's blocking your your emotion and your feelings and what you're saying, it's it's how how can that be exciting for you? It's like all of a sudden you're deactivating that. Like it's like done. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, go into it, be yourself. Um, if somebody is going to fall in love with you, they're going to fall in love with you, not the yeah. version of you mm-hmm. that like is like filtered. Totally. Yeah, they really need to yeah. know you and know all the good and the bad. Yeah, just go in. Like, don't worry about if you're going to send a text, send it. If that's what you want to do, you'll find out sooner if that person is not for you because they won't be reciprocated. They won't like it or they think it's too much or whatever it is. That's fine. Like, there's no – you just don't put the boundaries on yourself because you're not being yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, so normal a, people. Yeah, normal people on Stan, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> On Stan, on Stan. Yep. Yep. Awesome. I wish Stan was a sponsor. Hello, Stan. <laughs> I know. Hello, Stan. <laughs> good point. Good I point. Know, so good. And okay, another question we have is my ex was a huge narcissist and professional love bomber. I fell for it. How do you distinguish between someone who was love bombing you and someone who was genuinely complimenting you? Yeah, action, I think. I mean, mm. love bombing is a thing. It's, it's, um, if you don't know what it is, look it up. It's, when something's like too good to be true, someone's yeah. mirroring your behavior, they agree with everything you say, there's such a cloud of judgment. So if you're feeling red flags, you think, oh no, but they said this. And, mm. you know, it's, if it's, you know, it's often your gut is sensing something, you're onto it. Like if they're clouding your judgment, try to see through like what they're saying and are they following through. So if you feel unstable, that's a narcissist in action, you know. So oh, you really yeah. need to, yeah, you need to know the signs and love bombing can happen really quickly, really intense, and then often there's a discard process. So they love bomb you and then they discard you. And that's when you are being like the gaslighting comes into it. You feel like you've fallen off the wagon. Uh, you don't know. You're confused. That's the yeah. whole aim of the game of a yeah, narcissist. So it. they're winning. But if you are aware of the signs and you are not just hearing what you want to hear and feeling like, oh, yes, this is making me feel good, like look beyond. Look beyond what they're mm-hmm. saying. Are they following through? Are there actions? You know. Yeah, that's the best advice I could give with love bombing and narcissism. Yeah, I would say the same. Actions are everything. You know, they could say all the nicest things in the world, but watch their actions and watch very closely Absolutely. as well. Yeah. Yes, very closely. Agreed. Yes. And is there such thing as bad timing? So can you fall in love with someone at the wrong time? And then they say, mm-hmm. um, I have known someone who I've always had a thing for and we've always been single at the wrong time. Either I've been in a relationship when he's single or vice versa. Yeah, tough one. I don't think that there is bad timing. I think there's right timing. I think you're exactly where you're meant to be. If they're in a relationship, they're not for you right now. You either have to go through something, they have to go through something. Maybe in the future, it's not ruled out. There might be an opportunity, but I don't think you should sit and dwell on like there is someone I'm not. It's just not meant to be right now. Like it's, I, I trust that. I take a lot of comfort in that. And if you if you do, I don't think you never feel like disheartened or disappointed because if you focus on it and really think, I should be with them or why aren't they single? But they're not. Like, that's it. Just look mm-hmm. at the facts, deal with the facts, face it and just put, 
you're next foot forward to what is meant for you. So yeah. like I said, there's, there are instances where people meet later in life and it's like that's wonderful. But if it's right now, it's just not meant to be. You have to have to believe that that is the absolute truth. Yeah, absolutely. I believe that as yeah. well. You know, mm-hmm. it's just you need to just wait for the universe to do its thing. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yep. There's no no that. There's no negative in that. It's, I only draw a positive from that. Yeah, for sure. And another yeah. question. Do you believe in kissing on the first date? <laughs> um. <laughs> God, I can't remember the last time I went on one, so I <laughs> can't speak from experience. However, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think if you're really vibing with someone, I think if you're feeling it and you want to do it, absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I mean, you know, obviously don't do it if you don't want to. Um, you should never be forced into anything. But if you are feeling like that is where you want to go with that person, if you've got some great chemistry, sure, why not? Like, enjoy it. Yeah. See, I'm usually do you like... Feel like that? Um, I, oh, I don't know, like generally no, but unless yeah. they really blow me away and I'm like, yeah. oh my God, I'm really into them, you know, like, you know, attraction, strong, yeah. chemistry, strong and everything, then absolutely. But I would say usually no. Yeah. It's a tough one. Like, yeah. I mean, it's just so, so like dependent on the person and the situation. Yeah, it's a hard sure. one to mm-hmm. say. If they're a complete stranger off an app or something like that, absolutely no for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but if there's someone you've known or you've, you've met them out and you feel some level of comfort there, you know, sure. And there's a question later about where to go on a, maybe we can lead into that now, but where to go into like the first date. Yeah. And I think this, yeah, I think, I feel like this is a good like segue into this because okay, I have this, <laughs> I have a friend who, who has a theory and I totally, totally agree with this theory. Mm-hmm. But on a first date, you should never sit at a table across from each other. That right, is yeah. the least intimate scenario you could ever manufacture. Like <laughs> he, this friend of mine says, you should only ever be in a booth situation mm-hmm. or in on a couch like or like high stool where you can sit next to each other. Because what that does is it, it encourages physical touch. Yeah. And when I say physical touch, I don't mean like all over each other like you know touching someone on the arm when you laugh or maybe like it's like you just accidentally like brush up like their leg when you sort of like say something or because the minute that you introduce physical touch you have a level of comfort that comes with that Mm -hmm. and that is takes the awkwardness out of the first date because first dates can be let's admit it they are so awkward like they're the worst like it's and sitting the thought of sitting at a table across from each other where there is no like you can't let that wall down it's just like super awkward so if you can yeah like a bar that has some like nice lighting maybe you know stools or like um couches or booths that way you can relax into it it's not so formal you're staring at each other dead in the eye um (laughs) and you can't you can't touch without being awkward like across the table I think that that is the best way to structure a first date so you know if yeah if you choose a venue, think about the seating. I think it is. Mm. A, I, I really like this theory. I think there's a lot of merit to it. Yeah, and I, I think agree. that it's your yeah physical touch. It's very important to to be able to if you want to. Obviously, if you're not feeling it, like I don't know, make up a story, get your friend to ring and get out. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Immediately. Yeah. yeah. Which is a hard thing to do, by the way. I think that would be awkward as well. But I know. It's yes. Yeah. 
if you're not feeling it, you have to cut it short. Yeah. Also, I would say a date, you know, a location that you shouldn't have a date, like especially a first date, is the movies. Don't do it. Oh, Because it's like if you're sitting in a theatre for two hours, you're not talking. You're not even getting to know them. It's awkward as hell. Like Absolutely. And And food. Yes. Food is awkward. Oh, yeah. Food and eating. No. No. Like, I mean, certainly you can't get out of there if if it's wrong and you've got like two courses ahead. But also like (laughs) something in my teeth, I'm chewing, I'm talking. Like just the whole thing makes me cringe from the inside out. I always like if it's ever food, then I – choose very carefully what I eat. So instead of the pasta, yeah. I'll go with the lasagna so I can just put little forkfuls in my mouth or, <laughs> you know, I, it won't be sushi because I feel like it's messy and it just crumbles oh, when yeah. you put it in your mouth. So, like, you know, I really think ahead with that stuff and it's always good to think ahead and oh, get, God. you know, make it um non-awkward. As, yeah. yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> like you, you, you need to think ahead. You have to play out all the scenarios mm-hmm. and be prepared. Even so, if they seem yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> Yes, it is very, like, there's so many ridiculous things we all do when we prepare for a date, I think. So, or a night out of anything, like, you know, the preparation behind it for women, especially. But it's just, yeah, like something more intimate where you can relax and be yourself and introduce physical touch if it's something that you want to do, because I think it just removes the awkwardness quite quickly. Absolutely. Agreed. Mm -hmm. Okay. And here's an interesting question. So, Uh does a successful woman intimidate or turn men off? Not the right yes. ones. <laughs> mm, I, you, you know what? That's my answer. I have it written down. Not the wrong, the wrong man. Like that's the wrong man. Like if they're going to be intimidated by success or by confidence, like that is not a man you want to be in a relationship yeah, with. Yeah, that's gross. Someone should be. Yeah. Oh god. Yeah. Oh, totally. It should be someone who's inspired by it, who, who encourages you that they like that they basically are enjoying your success and thrive mm. like you bounce off each other and you, you're like kind of like a power couple you know you yeah. are both bringing something to the table because that is going to be one of the best relationships of your life if someone is encouraging you to be you and making you inspired to be even more successful literally can't ask for anything more like that is the recipe for success in a relationship Absolutely. And I feel like mm-hmm. if a guy is intimidated by a successful woman, it's like, what era are you living in? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Exactly. It's so wrong. They should be encouraging it totally. Yeah. And, and that's a really good indicator of whether you're dating the right person. Mm-hmm. God, sexism, yeah. not good. Not going to oh, roll boy. here. No, not good at all. <laughs> nope. No, no way. <laughs> and um, what's your deal breakers, if you have any? I have. Yes, I do actually, and they're centered around love language. Oh, good so, one! Yes, I love, love, love this theory of love language because mm. I think that you can be in a relationship, and if your love language is off or wrong, and if you haven't studied love languages, Google it immediately. It's the way that you show and want to receive love. So mm-hmm. there are five. You know, you could say that yours is physical touch, and when I say physical touch, I don't mean like in a sexual way. I mean that you want your partner to touch you, hold your hand. You know, when you're out, might be like a brief touch on the back, or they kiss you very quickly on the cheek. That is the way that you feel love. Yeah, it could be acts of service. They do things for you without you asking, or cleaning up around the house, or you know, another one is obviously words of affirmation. So you yeah. want to hear by a message or by a poem. Like I think it's gorgeous, or you make me so happy, or like I love when you're around. I it's feels like amazing when I'm near you or something like it's the way that you want to feel love if your love language is physical touch and theirs is 100% not and they like you know gifts 
which is also one of the love languages. Yeah. And you, you guys are speaking a different language. You're never going to understand each other. Totally. And therefore, you can never be 100% happy and content. So my advice with deal breakers is that you try to understand your own love language first and what is important to you. Do not compromise on that. Mm-hmm. And then when you are with someone, study theirs, ask them understand them, see if you can give that to them because then you know that you're giving your partner everything that they need to feel loved. And are they content? Because it's not just about you, it's also about making your partner really happy. So love language is a huge thing for me, it can be a deal breaker. But then we go into things like family values, worth worth ethic, motivated person, honest and authentic. Yeah, um, absolutely. Ask some others for me. Yes, yeah. I love them. Can I ask, what mm. is your love language? Very good question. Mine is they all are in ways, but the two that are the most important to me are physical touch because I'm a hugely affectionate person and I love to love. I love to feel love like that. Mm -hmm. Even with like my family, my child, like I love to hug and love people and express my love like that. So I need a partner that is very much able to love me that way. And words of affirmation. I'm I'm like, I love to talk and connect and feel words. I think words can be so powerful. I mean, obviously, they need to be backed with actions, but there's nothing better than like hearing somebody tell you how they feel mm-hmm. and but with like a certain amount of passion behind it and honesty and being so raw. That can just like send your love into like a tailspin for me. Yeah. So they're my top two. I think if I don't, if I was dating someone that wasn't aligned and couldn't give me that, I, I'd check out like immediately. Like yeah. it just, I wouldn't, I wouldn't feel, I wouldn't be into that person. I'd probably lose interest. And another tip about losing interest, and I think it's a really good tip, is that lack of momentum, for anyone dating or getting dating, lack of momentum and interest is the fastest way to kill something. Oh. If you want something to die, you cut the momentum and the, the, attention if you want something to live and thrive you are going with that momentum like if the texts are flying if the banter is going if you need to feed that because that is going to take it to the next level so don't hold back and think oh i'm going to be cool now i'm going to if it's going if there's momentum do not slow that down that's the same business like i apply that to my business life too if you are onto a good thing push that foot down the accelerator because you're going to get the thrill of the adrenaline rush if you keep going. So lack of momentum and attention, dead. Yes. Oh my God. So good. Why aren't you yep. like in this kind of, yeah, like why aren't you doing this as a profession? Like you need to be a dating coach. <laughs> dating Can you be coach. my dating coach? <laughs> my new life. My new life as a dating coach. I mean, I should just coach because I'm not like, I'm not playing. So coaching is good. Yeah. I'm not on the field. I love it. <laughs> and you know you're onto something. Yeah, totally. And you know what? When you were talking mm-hmm. about your love languages, I have the exact same ones. So it was really interesting oh, hearing that. Bet. Yeah, they are. That's definitely me all over. So yeah, they're yes. so good those two. Love yeah. them. Very important. And I've always, yeah, I've always thought about, you know, the next guy I date, I want to know their love language too, because that's very important to me. And it's something that I've really kind of tried to look into in the past. So yeah, I'm so glad you brought that one up because that's an awesome, awesome one to let people know. Yeah, love language. If you don't know it, definitely look into it. Very important when it comes to dating and relationships. 100%. Figure out your love language and then go from there. Yeah. Awesome. So the next one is when should I tell someone that I like them and how do I do it without turning them off or looking too full on? I know. This is a good question. And it's so awkward because like when is the right time to tell someone you really I like know, them? But oh my God. I know. I, think, I feel like 
I think that if you are interested in someone though, and we are not mind readers on either side of the fence, men, women, we're not yeah. mind readers. So you should be clear. Like I have this theory, even with friends, if I love something about them, I tell them. Like mm-hmm. I have a friend that I met recently and he has like this incredible voice. Like just when he talks, it's nothing. Like it's just, he's, you know, I think that he, I, I wanted to tell him that because that could be something that makes him feel powerful when he speaks tomorrow or just knowing things about people. If you like something, you should compliment someone. So if you like something about a person you're dating, don't be afraid to tell them. Like, you you make me feel amazing when you do this. Like, people love to be complimented. Like, who doesn't love to be loved? You know, if you are worried about sounding like over the top or whatever, like I said, the right person is going to love to hear it. The wrong person, if it turns them off, fine. Like, it's okay. Yeah. I think you should not be embarrassed to say when you really like someone. Maybe you don't have to come right out and say it like, oh, I really like you. You know, are we going to get serious? Like, it might be in a roundabout way that you are open with them and you just say, you know, you just make me feel so great when I'm around you. I think these are wonderful traits that you have. And, you know, that is enough of an indication that you are super interested. So there are ways to go around it. You may just surprise that person too. Like they may not be expecting it. You know, we as women, we always doubt ourselves. If a guy came out and said to you, God, I love the way you do this or I love this about your hair or your dress sense or your personality or your laugh or, you know, it. Like that makes you feel so good. So I think you should give that back to the guy. And the right guy is going to love it. He's going to welcome it. Absolutely. Like, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you feel it, you feel it. Just say it. Like, you know, life's, yes. life's too short. It is. And not enough people do it. Like, yeah. I think it's just like such a nice thing to do and feel good about when you do it. Even if that person doesn't reciprocate, it doesn't matter. You tell someone something nice about them. It's only can only be good karma coming your way. Yeah, for sure. And the next yeah. one is, mm-hmm. what do I do if he likes me but doesn't want to commit yet? I mean, I'm a bit black and white with these things. I'm, I have no gray area when it comes to dating. I walk away. Like if they're not committing that's all you need to know. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's harsh. It's like people could argue against that. Maybe he's not ready. But if he's not ready, then he's not ready. Like, yeah. it's a good thing. If they can't commit, it's his major loss. Ultimately, they're wasting your precious time in meeting someone that is right for you. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as much as you want that person maybe and you think it could be this amazing relationship and what we could be, the reality is you're not that. That's all a fantasy. That's all in your mind. It's a relationship you have created, this idea of it's not, you're not living it. It's not fact. You've got to go on facts. If he doesn't want to commit, that's your message. You have to get out all yeah. the way. Good mm-hmm. advice. That's a good one. I think, yeah, I'm the it's same. Yeah, it's just like, well, and you kind of think like, what's wrong with me? Or, you know, it's kind of one of those things. Of course. But, you know, and if they're not going to commit to you because of like work or whatever, you know, there's always ways to work around those things. Yes, so totally. I oh, would, yeah. Yeah, I would say that they're just not keen or, you know, maybe they're, they're not just. Keen. If they're not prioritizing you, that's yeah. like, that is it. Like if somebody, if we're human beings, like we work on instinct. If we want to see someone, we are going to make it happen. We all know this. If yeah. you want to see someone, friends, family, you're going to go out of your way. They're a priority to you. You're going to make them a priority. If they are like, eh, you know, like if I see them, if I don't, like I'm not really, it doesn't really make or break my day. If that's how someone feels about you, that is not someone you want to be around. You want to feel that they like you want to feel that want and that intensity that's like that's the thrill of falling in love or having someone amazing in your life and that is the type of person you want that feeling you don't want to miss out on that if you're missing out on it 
like just do yourself the biggest favor and put that to bed. Like it's just, it's not going to give you this incredible relationship that you've always wanted. Good um advice there because, yeah, I think people just like, they always think forward and they're like, oh my God, this could be amazing. But like there's one big thing in the way and it's that they don't want to commit, which is a pretty important thing if you want to get Absolutely. into a Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. Pretty big. So, so listen to it and just, yeah. Yeah. Go with that. Okay. And the next one, when should I ask about being exclusive with a guy? Oh, this is interesting. Mm, awkward. I'm traditional. So I think that's mm. that really a guy should say that him, me, and that, that, that's just my way of thinking. Yep. I never assume anything, but I probably wouldn't ask either. Mm-hmm. So if someone's serious about you and they want to be exclusive with you, I dare say they're going to make it known. Also, massive red flag, if they are okay with you dating other guys, probably not your guy. Mm, like true. they should want to be exclusive. So if they're happy not tying you down and saying you're mine, like you're my girl, like if they're going to bed at night and thinking, yeah, she's going to be chatting to others, dating others, I'm cool with that. The biggest red flag you could ever receive. Yeah, that's why I should good. be thinking, I have met an amazing woman. I do not, like I need to snap this girl up. I don't want anyone taking her off my hands. The sooner I can do it, the better because she might meet someone else and then she's gone. That's the level of urgency you want from a guy that is into you. That's what they're going to be showing you. So if they're comfortable not being exclusive, that to me means they're happy for you to date others not your guy big big red flag run like <laughs> run run fast. <laughs> run fast hard and far just get out of there <laughs> that's hilarious oh my god your advice is so yep. like brutally honest and amazing i just <laughs> just run <laughs> just run 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 that's such a bad sign like it's like why do you want a guy that's happy for you to date others so not good so yeah. it is blunt and and it's a little harsh but it's just fact like you've yeah. got to go on the fact yeah absolutely don't fantasize and romanticize it it's just it's not romantic it's like the furthest thing from mm, that is not romantic yeah. at all yeah no i don't want to feel that way oh my god no exactly <laughs> so funny okay so mm-hmm. final kind of question so yeah. i've been hurt in the past and i have some walls up how can i learn to let go and trust again Yes, this is a nice one to finish on because we all have walls. Like, we, mm-hmm. you know, these can be really challenging and it goes back. I'm going to bring it back to young love and what we were talking about earlier is you just, you do have to press reset every time. It's so hard to do. You're, like, things come back to haunt you and, of course, you see little things and it triggers you. But try to just fall in love in a way that makes you feel super alive. So mm-hmm. you want someone that gives you butterflies, that make you feel sick again and these things are worth feeling don't block that like you've got to let yourself go and being vulnerable today is actually super sexy yeah. like I think people find it a turn on people are like well that person being vulnerable and open it's activating that within me that's actually an amazing feeling there is nothing more unattractive than meeting someone with walls and boundaries and someone who's like not giving you themselves that's that's just like it blocks your emotions so you know and if it doesn't work out it's it's actually okay. Like the feeling is hopefully something that you can be grateful that that person gave to you. If it was amazing for us, even the briefest moment, I think things in life, in, in business, in love, in uh, marriages, in anything, just because they failed, it doesn't mean that they weren't a success. Like someone can own a business that was a success for 10 years, like hugely successful. And then industries change, times change, and it just happened to finish up. It doesn't mean their business is a failure. Yeah. And that's the same with a relationship or, or an encounter or a date or 
a six-month, you know, romance, it doesn't mean it's a failure. It just means that it got to a point where maybe it was over and you had gotten everything out of it. Walk away and think, you know what, that just gave me a feeling that when I'm 70 and I'm sitting, you know, on my couch, like, and I'm, I'm watching TV one day, it might bring an amazing smirk to my face when I get that memory back. Mm-hmm. You know, it's worth that because that's what we're going to have to live on tomorrow. Just these amazing memories of when we were having so much fun and dating or, you know, when you're in your single time, just do all the things that make you feel so alive and amazing. And even if it is it, or it does lead to heartbreak, make it worth a feeling. So if you can be as vulnerable as possible, throw yourself in head first, you know, without obviously the needy, desperate behavior we discussed earlier, mm-hmm. controlled, but to a <laughs> point where you don't hold back how you feel. Yep. So like I said, walls can be so unattractive. Try not to bring them into your next relationship because, you know, that person should be getting all of you and yep. all the emotions, like we said earlier. So enjoy them, live them, laugh through them, cry through them, but, you know, make them worth it. Yeah, I love that answer. That's so good. And, you know, you just got to be open. Just be open. Yeah. Not everything's the same. Yeah. No, and open to receive. There was a really good quote that someone said to me about business earlier this year, but I would apply this to dating as well, is that sometimes we want something in our life and we think, I really want this or I really want my new business. And however, unless you are removing all of the negative energy in your space, you have no room for this new thing that you want to receive. Mm-hmm. So you need to clear the negativity to receive it. So you may want it really badly. You may be manifesting it and inviting it in. However, if you are clogged and you are like blocked with negative energy in that in your space, you're ne- you're gonna it's unfortunately you're going to reject it whether you want to or not. So clear all of that, be open and rid of any negative energy and you will be ready to receive anything positive in business or whether it's, you know, love and, and, and dating that you're looking for. I just think you have to be not just open but also like completely clear of anything in the past because that's gonna be your you know, blocking you ultimately as well. So be mindful of that. Make the space. Yeah, Yeah. I like that. Make the space. That's good. Yeah, make the room for it. Get rid of the, like, the past is done. It's actually finished. My mum used to say that to me all the time about, I think the movie The Lion King, when he, like, hits him on the head and he says, oh, oh, that hurt. And he said, yeah, it's like, it's done now. Like, get over it. Oh, my God. That was that. That happened. And my mum used to say that to me all the time when I would go on about something and she's like, it's done. It's finished. It's, I love why that. Are you, why are you still talking about that? Like move forward. So it's true. You know, if you can, if you can really think like consciously to do that, um, I think you'll just live such a better life in every facet, whether yeah. it's business, love, family. Yeah, just look forward and enjoy whatever it is now. So good. I love that. I think that was like yeah. the perfect one to end on. Thank you. That was so fun. That was amazing. Victoria, you have been fabulous. And I feel like, you know, I need to get you to be my dating coach from now on. Like I said, coach is good. Player, not so good. So I'm happy to sit on the <laughs> sidelines and coach any day. You can phone me anytime. I'm up for it. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best. Thank you so much for your time and coming Thanks, on. Gorgeous. I met someone. Thank you. So fun. Love this podcast and can't wait to hear what's ahead for you too. So exciting. Thank you.